Hello. In this week's show, a worrying state of emergency continues in Ethiopia, where UN staff are being held. The Secretary-General wants them released immediately. A farmer deal that gives a lot more people a chance to get COVID-19 antivirals than ever before. And tough words for the tobacco industry from the World Health Organization. And in this week's interview with UN Communications Chief Melissa Fleming, why it's crucially important that the organisation should do more to listen to what young activists are saying, for everyone's sake. Stay with us too for closing comments from the show's regular guest, Solange Behateke-Cortez. That's all coming up in this week's UN Catch-Up Dateline Geneva with me, Daniel Johnson. Thanks for listening. First, the news. This is a news in brief from the United Nations. Mass arrests linked to Ethiopia's state of emergency have continued in recent days, reportedly of people of Tigrayan origin, the UN Rights Office, OHCHR, has said. At least 1,000 individuals are believed to have been detained in the last seven days under far-reaching state of emergency powers linked to the year-long conflict in northern Ethiopia, OHCHR spokesperson Liz Trossel said on Tuesday. There are worrying reports that many of those detained have not been informed of the reasons for their detention, nor have they been brought before a court of law or other tribunal to review the reasons for their detention and have not been formally charged. In a related development, the Secretary-General has repeated his call for the immediate release of UN staff members detained in the country. Mr Guterres explained in a statement issued by his spokesperson on Wednesday that the organization's workers were being held without charge and no specific information has been provided regarding the reasons for their arrest. UN staff carry out critical and impartial work in Ethiopia, the UN chief insisted before warning that reported arbitrary arrests and detentions only serve to widen divisions and resentment between groups. All parties to the conflict should prioritize the welfare of civilians and put down their weapons now, Mr Guterres said. COVID-19 news now, and a massive boost for access to life-saving coronavirus medicines for low- and middle-income countries. The welcome development comes after UN Global Health Agency United said on Tuesday that it had helped to reach a voluntary licensing agreement for a Pfizer antiviral treatment, meaning that the drug can now be produced generically worldwide. The medicine, which is taken orally, is designed to be administered with another antiviral, Ritonavir. Under the terms of the United-led deal, manufacturers will be able to supply both drugs to 95 countries, covering more than 50% of the world's population. This includes all low- and lower-middle-income countries and upper-middle-income countries in sub-Saharan Africa. UNITED said that Pfizer will not receive royalties on sales in low-income countries. Turning to the UN's battle against tobacco use, the World Health Organization signaled signs of a pivotal downward shift in the numbers of users globally. Citing new data, the WHO welcomed the news that there are 200 million fewer tobacco users today compared to 2015. That means that 1.3 billion people now use tobacco in all its forms, a number that is expected to drop further by 2025. But WHO warned that tobacco firms still use every trick in the book to defend their gigantic profits. In Europe in particular, women are not on track when it comes to kicking the habit, said WHO's Dr. Rudiger Kreck. He said in Geneva that the tobacco industry continued to make unscrupulous and calculated attempts to hook youngsters through aggressive and quite criminal efforts, encouraging them to try e-cigarettes. And Dr. Kreck dismissed the tobacco industry's attempts to supply respirators for COVID patients. 
this all to show that, um, to, to paint the picture that they care. And of course, that needs to be reversed because they are part of the problem. The industry, the tobacco industry, is, is helping to kill people. Dr. Rudiger Craig, WHO's Director of Health Promotion, ending that item. Mihika Acharya, UN News. The headlines there and now to our interview which follows the Youth Activist Summit here at UN Geneva and on Web TV this week. A chance to honour young changemakers who've been promoting sustainability or advancing human rights and an opportunity also to help them achieve concrete results. Speaking at the Youth Activist Summit on Thursday, the six invitees included 22-year-old Coral Reef Restorer Tituan Bernico and 15-year-old anti-cyberbullying app inventor Gitanjali Rao. Miss Rao, who is also Time magazine's first ever Kid of the Year, explained how her smartphone app, which is called Kindly, is designed to make bullies reconsider sending or revising potentially hurtful messages online. Using machine learning algorithms, it basically identifies words or phrases that could be considered bullying. When someone's texting, when someone's sending an email, anything really, even on social media. And it's able to almost act like the spell check of bullying. It says this might not be the right thing to say, but it gives you the chance if you want to send it or not. I read an article that says it only takes seven seconds for a teenager to reevaluate what they're sending. I'm hoping to give them that seven seconds through Kindly. Now also taking part in the event, our guest, Melissa Fleming, is no stranger to hearing inspirational stories. After working for many years at the UN Refugee Agency, since September 2019, Melissa has been busy as the United Nations Under Secretary General for the Department of Global Communications. So in addition to her being my boss at UN News, she also oversees operations in 60 countries and platforms that reach millions of people in multiple languages. She's also the host of her own powerful podcast, Wake at Night, which has its fair share of memorable interviews with top personalities, he said jealously. Melissa, hi. Thank you for being with us on UN Catch-Up Dateline Geneva. Great to be with you, Daniel. Now, we've just heard why you're here in Geneva for the Young Activist Summit. During the Climate COP26 Summit in Glasgow, we also saw passionate speeches from young activists calling for positive change. Can you perhaps highlight a few of the speakers at the Young Activist Summit and perhaps explain how the UN can help to amplify their message and encourage real change? Well, we often talk about young people as the leaders of tomorrow, but actually they represent half of the global population. They're the leaders of today, and they've really been showing this in the climate action space. They don't want to wait. Uh, They already see their planet being destroyed before their eyes. And they see, of course, a future that looks really scary and really bleak. And they're not waiting for the older generation to take action because they feel it's too little too late. And so it's just absolutely impressive to see them mobilized on the streets, but mobilized also in their communities doing projects, not just protests. And I think the young activists coming to the summit really represent that, um, not just in the climate action space, but in other areas of really meaningful engagement that are making a tremendous difference at the micro community level, but that have then expanded out and have gotten global attention. It's pretty amazing. So staying with the activists then, I want to know really, how do you think we can encourage more of them to join the UN's efforts? Because there are many who are frightened about their future and feel that no one's listening to them. One might look at it a little bit differently. It's how the UN can join their efforts, actually. I think what has been really remarkable and what 
the UN has recognized and the Secretary General has recognized is that the UN needs to join forces with civil society and particularly young people if we are going to bring about the change that we want to see, that we want to see in the sustainable development goals, that we want to see in overcoming COVID, that we want to see in making sure that our earth does not self-destruct as a result of you know, human fossil fuels that are just because we're hungry consumers. So we need civil society, we need young people to help us along because the UN itself is, is almost powerless without them. Now, I mentioned earlier you're the head of the UN's Global Communications Department, and you really do have a great overview of all the tools that the organization has at its disposal to promote things like sustainable development, well-being, and peace, you know, the key features of what we do at the United Nations. So do you have a message to these young people, young speakers at the Activist Summit about how it is going to be possible to work together, how they can step out of their comfort zone to work with us, and how we could do the same? Sure. I mean, I think this summit is really important because it is providing them a spotlight into their work. They can be role models for other young people. Um, many, the many young people who've tuned into this summit, they can be inspirational to other young people, but also to us at the UN. And we can support them by also helping them build their networks, giving them a seat at our table, inviting them into UN processes, which we've really been trying to do, particularly in the area of climate action, so that we can join forces and be the change and make the change that really needs to happen at the global level, but very importantly, also, you know, very much at the community level, because it's the young people who are also going to demand the change of their leaders and those leaders are going to be sitting around the General Assembly or perhaps, depending on the country, at the Security Council and might be thinking back on their constituents back home and do the right thing when decision time comes around. Thank you. And, and last question to you. We've mentioned your podcast, Awake at Night. It's very engaging, very in-depth, and it's all about the story. I know you've said in the past that uh, you're really, really interested in the personal story. You've also got this Verified campaign, which promotes trusted, reliable information online. So what is it that the United Nations and UN News should be doing in future to keep their readers, listeners and viewers engaged to stop them switching off? Do they all need to learn how to code, for example? Well, Daniel, we're living in an age where we have a polluted media landscape. In fact, it's now being diagnosed as having an information disorder. So when you think about that in terms of public and public trust, it's very confusing to navigate. And even worse, it can be divisive and it can lead people down rabbit holes of even hateful acts, taking poor public health decisions, and it can even incite violence and genocide. So more than ever, I believe that the United Nations and the department that I lead, Department for Global Communications, and all the UN systems communications arms need to step up and try to fill that space to be that trusted source of information for the public to be relevant, to be just as engaging as the misinformation and the disinformation that is traveling around so quickly because the algorithms love anything that makes people's hearts 
palpitate or creates outrage. We need to be trusted and engaging at the same time. And so this is the kind of content that we're now trying to create. We're trying to reach people so that they can feel, okay, that's the United Nations. They're behind the data and the science. They're behind you know, the kind of statistics of, of human suffering, but they're allowing me to access it in ways that are relevant to me. My thanks to Melissa Fleming for her thoughts on everything from how the UN should do more to work with young activists today to the changing face of the newsroom and how to stay engaging and relevant across all media. So long as you're here in the studio today at the Palace of Nations, welcome. I'd love to hear your closing thoughts, please. Hi, Daniel. Hola. Well, at the beginning of your interview, Melissa Fleming said that young people are the leaders of today. This is so true. For too long, we have thought that young people are the hope for a better world without realizing that hope is also the present. In Greek mythology, when Pandora opened the chest given by Zeus with instructions not to look inside, all the evils came out. Only hope remained there, hence the expression, hope is the last thing to be lost. But it can let us down if we do nothing more than look at it in its pretty box. Melissa Fleming knows about the power of hope. She is the author of A Hope More Powerful Than the Sea, the story of Doa, a refugee girl from Syria who survived a deadly shipwreck on the Mediterranean Sea. Without hope, we are nothing. But it is not enough. We have to work to turn hope into reality. And that is exactly what young activists around the world are doing. Projects that have a real impact in their communities. For instance, 21-year-old Kenyan Stacy Owino, who helped develop an app that allows girls who are facing imminent female genital mutilation to alert the authorities by clicking a distress button on their mobile phone. In his book, Walden or Life in the Woods, the American poet Henry David Thoreau said, If you have built castles in the air, your work need not to be lost. That is where they should be. Now, put foundations under them. Thank you, Solange, for that inspiring comment from Thoreau. There's nothing wrong with dreaming about castles in the sky. The trick is to turn those dreams into action. You can't have one without the other. Time's up now, though, so let me thank you again, Solange, for being here today in the Palais des Nations. And you too, listeners, for being wherever you are. Thank you so much for taking an interest in the United Nations. We will be back next week. But don't forget, if you want more headlines, stories and interviews, just check out UN News forward slash Audio Hub. That's it then. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye, Daniel. Hasta la próxima. (laughs) 